Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Have you had your water? Have you stretched? I hope you have because this morning we're walking heavy here. <laughs> so I have get I have been getting um tugged in my spirit to tell my testimony about my deliverance from pornography. And I know you probably like, what? I know she just didn't say what I think she said. Yes, y'all. So, I'm going to try to make a long story super short. Because seven minutes is not enough time. But I'm going to make it enough. So, um, I was introduced to it at a very, very young age by my grandfather. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but he would have pornography movies and magazines and books all over his house. And when, you know, when grandkids come over, he never put the stuff up. Like it would be in the bathroom, stacks of magazines next to the toilet, on the coffee table. It was just out. And it's like that exposure at such a young age really, I don't even know how to explain it. That level of perversion at such a young age, to be exposed to that, it's like you have a thousand and two questions running through your mind. You're like, wait, what is this and what does this mean and how does this work? So it triggered an interest, of course, naturally as a kid. But at the same time, a seed was being planted and it caused me to deal with the, I I wanted to, it's hard for me to call it an addiction because I don't feel like I was comparing myself to what I feel like addiction was. You know, everybody thinks addiction is something that you have to be participating in constantly, all day, every day. It's all you think about. It's all you want to do. That's not how it was. It was like a casual, maybe two times a month I would watch. And it was almost like having a glass of wine or like unwinding for me. Or if I'm stressed out, I would watch and then that would like be a release for me, honestly. And I thought while I was single, you know, it's throughout life, teenager, okay, most teenagers do watch. And a lot of times society doesn't see an issue with that, but it really is an issue with that because it causes you to be detached from what sex is really for. And sex isn't meant for you to do it by yourself, one. <laughs> and two, you're watching all of these other people partake in this act that is supposed to be something that's very sacred and set aside for marriage. So it twists your thinking when it comes to what sex is meant for and what sex is. It also causes you to compare your sexual experiences to what you've seen on screen, which isn't reality because what you're seeing on the screen is entertainment, These people are getting paid. This is a job for them. So this isn't real life. So it messes up your expectations when it comes to your own intimate relationship. So I thought, you know, through high school, okay, this is normal. Everybody watches it. Through college, this is normal. Everybody watches it. 
Um, even though I was getting convicted, even though I was feeling guilty every time I watched, even though it was like a huge cloud hovering over me every time I got done watching, I felt disgusting, honestly. And I was like, if I'm feeling this bad about it, but everybody else says it's okay, then what's the problem? I'm having this inner battle with myself from childhood through teenagehood through early adulthood. So I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. When I'm getting married, I'm not going to need to watch this anymore. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be delivered because I got a husband, right? And why would I need to watch this if I can just have sex on demand? This shouldn't be a problem. So I thought. And then that first year, you know, if you've married, you know anything about marriage, that first year is so stressors came in that first year of marriage and I found myself still watching and still using that as like a, a therapeutic outlet and like I said it wasn't every single day it wasn't every week it would be like once or twice a month but even in that it was still wrong so I was trying to validate what I was doing because it was only you know it's only twice a month it's not a big deal But at the same time, it is a big deal because here I am trying to make intimate connection with my husband and I have been exposed mentally to all these different people, you know, via the internet and via my phone or a computer. It messes with your thinking as it relates to that intimate connection that God blessed us with in marriage. God blessed us with sex. It's a gift from God, and it's only to be partaken within the marriage covenant. And when you watch those things, whether you realize it or not, it's planting a seed. It's planting false expectation. It's planting connection to this individual that you're watching on the screen. It's, it goes so deep. But like I said, we only have seven minutes. So anyway, <laughs> back to my story. Uh, I got married. I thought the urge would go away. It did not. So then I felt like, okay, now this is a really, this is a serious issue. Then. So I began to pray about it. I began to fast about it. But that wasn't until, honestly, year three of marriage. And I would still find myself falling back into watching. It might have gotten less once every three months, but it was still an issue. So the more I began to pray about it and the more I began to fast about it, God showed me practical ways to keep myself from falling. And when I say that, I mean looking at the surrounding things that would happen right before I watched. So paying attention to how I felt before I watched paying attention to, okay, what's going on in my life or in my relationship right before I end up falling into that temptation. And when I started to notice the surrounding things, now I can pick up on the cues before anything ever happens, before I fall. So it's like, okay, I have been really stressed at work. That's a trigger. Um, Me and my husband are having a disagreement or we haven't been able to emotionally connect so physically, I'm, I'm not interested in connecting. That's a trigger. 
So if I notice these things, I could keep myself from falling into the trap, okay? <laughs> and now since I've been using that way, and I've also set up things on my phone or on our computer to keep me from being tempted to go to these sites and look at these things. And I know you guys are probably still overwhelmed that I even had to deal with this. And I'm actually talking about this, but I really feel like that this could help somebody. A lot of women deal with this and do not talk about it, do not vocalize it. People think that it's only a men's issue. And that's just not true because women have sexual desires. Women have a sex drive just as well as men do. Men do. So... I just wanted to debunk that. That's not true. <laughs> but I am here to say that after watching my the cues and picking up on the, I guess, the attributing factors to me falling into that sin, because that's what it is, it's sin, I have not watched in over 10 months. It's almost been a year. It's been 10 months now, and I have not watched any of it. And it's because I've been watching what type of TV shows I watch. I've been more conscious of the type of music I listen to. I have been able to basically set myself up in a way that protects my ears, my eyes. my All my gates are protected from that type of content. And in order for me to do that, I did have to tell my husband about it. I did end up getting me a a person that I could talk to when I feel like, okay, I've been really stressed out. I've been really, you know, struggling. Someone to hold me accountable. That has made the huge difference. And for so long, I walked around with a lot of shame about it. And I kept it to myself and didn't tell anyone. But it wasn't until I got someone that I felt comfortable enough to talk about it with that I was able to actually overcome this thing. And now it's been 10 months. And I was introduced to this at like the age of five. So from five up until 10 months ago, I was struggling with sinful thoughts, with sinful desires, with sinful images in my head. That's a long time. But God is good. God is so good. Because he has delivered me and I'm coming out of it. And I have not got to the point where I feel like, you know, easy. I'm done with this. That that era is over. No, ma'am. <laughs> I am being vigilant and I am still sticking to the game plan. If I feel like I'm feeling weak or I'm struggling or I know I've been stressed out, I'm extra vigilant on, okay, what am I watching this week? What am I listening to? You know, I have to be very careful. And that means I'm not going to be able to watch some of these shows my clients want to talk to me about. But that's okay. I'll be all right. I'm not watching. I'm not watching the P-Valleys. And (laughs) I had to chill with Insecure. I couldn't. Look, it's too much. It's too much going on. Okay. And I am trying to live a life that's pleasing to God in every single way. In every single way. And it includes that as well. Okay. So I hope somebody was encouraged by my Sacred 7 this morning. I have been struggling to um, record this episode. 
and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. But I was like, nope, mm -mm, today's the day. So happy Friday. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. And if anyone is struggling with pornography or having any issues with uh, sexual, sinful sexual desires or anything like that, I'm really praying for you. Like I'm really praying for you. And you can and you will come out of it. And ask God for ways that'll work for you. What I did might not work for you. So I just wish you the best on your journey. And I love you guys. And my prayer is that as you meditate on God's word, that you'll begin to see your whole world change. We'll chat soon. Bye.